Welcome to Probably Science. I'm Andy Wood, uh, joined by Matt Kirshen. Hello. And I think it's official now. Can we say it's official? Can we say official now, proper co-host, Yeah. formerly sure. part of the team, Jesse Case. Hey, guys. Welcome we- to the team, Jesse. <laughs> Which Thanks. we should have done, quite frankly, yeah, quite a while ago. Sort of, and then no, a couple it's, of- okay, it's fine. I mean, I'm not even sure if I, if I want this, you know? <laughs> I mean, this has uh, been thrust upon me. Heavy is the head that wears the probably science crown. Well, no, I just I woke up the other day and saw that Matt had made me like an administrator on the Facebook page. Oh. And, I was, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I don't, you know. A big move. This is that's like that's like the Facebook is like the modern version of an appointment. So yeah, find well, yeah, out when you're in was, a relationship. Yeah, that was kind of the inner relationship with yeah. this podcast. I think this is how we scared Brooks Whelan off, and that's why he's on SNL now. So. <laughs> well, I'm a, you know I'm only doing this for my stepping stone. So, <laughs> they, they were yeah, cooked. turn it turn it down asap, and then big things are around yes. the corner for you. Yeah, yeah. We had um, I think I think a good cup like I think at least two people this week on Facebook and Twitter saying. Uh, why isn't Jesse just a member of the team rather than this convoluted introduction we keep doing? Yeah. Right. Joining a semi-regular co-host slash... <laughs> Roommate and theme and- song composer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that other voice we should probably introduce as well. Let's do it. Uh, co-producer is- and co-host, <laughs> co-founder, uh, underwriter and Facebook administrator. <laughs> Comptroller. Uh- and very funny comedian, Nate Craig. Hello, Greg. everybody. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining coming. us, Nate. Well, I I think this podcast is one of my favorites. Definitely one of my favorite podcast names. And uh, being that I have such an extensive background in science. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. Only a matter of time before I was here at this table. Let's ask you about that in a second, because... Uh, we got a couple of people to thank before we That's get true. started. We've we had do. a few donations through, which, um, again, always delighted, amazed, surprised, uh, and... Uh, I'm running out of words. Hey, man, but, how uh, do people donate please? if they want Happy. to? Well, they can donate by going to the Probably Science uh, website at probablyscience.com, and there's a little donate button at the top there. They can click on that and use Probably PayPal. Yeah, it's yeah. most likely PayPal. Uh, yeah, so Daniel Evans and Stacey Wilson sent some donations. Thank you for that. Someone else sent a donation of seven cents, which merits a mention of the seven cents, but not of their name. Well, here's the thing. There was a comment um, <laughs> underneath the Karen Gillan episode. There was, a, there was a comment thread where someone was having trouble downloading the episode, and I, went, I added some information, and it went back and forward. And he said, I'm probably going to have to donate for, uh, for this as thanks. Um, what's, what's the minimum amount that gets the shout-out? And I said... Any amount gets a shout out. We're happy about that. And I don't know whether it's the same person or someone who saw that or an entirely independent. Well, uh, technically, they did just get a shout out. It's just they did get a shout out. An anonymous one. Also, I don't know if we already thanked David Wiley last week. If we didn't uh, apologize, if we did, you're getting two shout outs. But it was a very generous donation. Yes, David, David Wiley is, uh, has been very good to us. I'll give you the uh, I'll, I'll give the initials of the seven cent donors. No, no, he doesn't deserve, Nate. Does he deserve a mention? Absolutely seven not. No. A seven cent donation. We're just encouraging this kind of behavior. I don't know. If we get if we get a million seven cents donations. Well, obviously, that'd be great. But <laughs> I, I would argue it wouldn't be great. Like the administrative uh, what we'd have to do come tax time to like <laughs> file the It's only 70 yeah. grand. You guys could handle it. Yeah, I think because uh, there have been a few financial scams over the years that have been done by just you know shaving off fractions of a cent. Wasn't there one of them mentioned Superman in Fight Club? And there was three, maybe was that what it was? And, and an it, Office Space reference to Superman. Office three. Space, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, and there's one there's one that people have done a few times in the past. Most major banks don't allow this to happen, mm-hmm. but there's one that you can do with currency transactions, where, like for example, a dollar is about uh, there's about uh, is about point six two I think it is at the moment of a pound. So if you change a hundred if you change a hundred dollars, you get uh, sixty two pounds. But if you change a single cent, then it gets rounded up to a to a penny. Oh, okay. So you're making a profit of just over a third. And if you do that a million times, then you're making, was it a $300 profit? No, wait, way more than, th- you mean $300,000 profit? Uh, no, a third, of, a third of a penny? Hang a on, third, a third of a, a penny. A third profit. I thought you were just saying it's a 30% oh, profit Oh, but a million pennies. Yes. Oh, okay, yes. yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Mm. Anyhow. Um, no, hang on, like my, 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 my sums are off there. Third, You'd make uh, 3,000. Yeah, okay. You make about three grand, a bit more. That that's a nightmare to do that. That is a nightmare to do pennies? that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Minus exchange for fees and... I mean, you know, break that down by the hour, pay yourself three grand for what's it take you, 48 hours? Well, I think the idea is you that's set a computer a to do it rather than take a penny. I think you just found your reason to, to leave the show. <laughs> You're not going into the Bureau de Change every... <laughs> Nate, what's the scammiest thing you've ever done? Oh, shit. Um... Huh. Huh. I got to think about this. <laughs> well, I, I just did something that's sort of like this. I mean, selling beer out of a keg was always a real scam. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you do that at parties. So Back in the day, yeah, you ch- remember in high school, you'd charge $3 for a cup or some well, shit I never like had, that. How it did was, you get a keg in high school? I never. I had, had a fake ID my sophomore year in high school. That was good enough that you could buy a keg. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the IDs just in go in there. I'm a like, real ale enthusiast. They, <laughs> I, <laughs> why I do love my craft beer. Well, before Miller Lite, please, I'm, sir. I'm from Wisconsin, so they don't really care. But I remember when I was before I had my fake IDs, uh, I would take, I would just take, uh, you know, like eight forties up to the counter at whatever convenience store I was at, and then when they would ask for my ID, I would just show them my ID, and if it was, you know, a 19 year old. You know, pot dealer <laughs> with a part-time job. They didn't care. Like you showed them your ID. Show a couple you were times. Under they, yeah, a couple times. They with confidence, right? With confidence. They're not looking at it. Show up. Yeah. ID that shows he's underage. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Geez, he's pulling his ID out with with uh, <laughs> a, a little bit of uh, confidence there. I, I looked younger than I, I guess he is. <laughs> yes, sir. Take your eight forties back to your family. Because your, you're, you're quite a tall guy. I, like I'd imagine you looked older than your age. When you're a teenager, or at least you could pass for older. Yeah, I, I don't. I. I mean, I look at pictures of myself now. When I was younger, I look like a fucking child. Uh, so oh, really? I, okay. I don't. I don't. Even, know. Like, Definitely not a confident. And child. I looked even younger with eight forties in my hands. <laughs> now, did you do a thing where like you kind of wore like a business trench coat and a fedora? <laughs> <laughs> no. Did, like the 19- were you on someone else's shoulders? Right. When you were going up to the counter. <laughs> The 1940s vision of an adult that we all did when we tried to buy beer. Yeah, I, I, Trench I, I would be probably. Good evening, brewmaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to purchase your finest. Your finest half barrel of pig's eye. <laughs> <laughs> For I to drink it on the tracks with my friends on his land. <laughs> I've noticed you have a discount on beef schlager. <laughs> Did you throw in a bottle of rumple mints? Oh, oh, the, oh! The good ladies of the aristocracy do appreciate some flavor in their alcohol. Now, sir, could you please refresh me and explain vermouth? 
<laughs> I remember like asking guys like I like I'm supposed to be an adult, but then I'm asking them what things are. <laughs> like obviously, as a fellow adult, I know what this is, but like, could you just refresh real right. quick? Just right. like, yeah. But stuff like Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. you, know, you know what awesome. I mean? Stuff where everyone knows what it is. Like, yeah. no. so is this a type? Like, hell, well, this will get you drunk, right? Uh, <laughs> right. This get you. So this so-called Jack Daniels. This is not iced tea. This Ooh. is this in, uh, contains alcohol. This is the Jack Daniels iced tea. Which is going to work better? <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> that's such a kid question to ask about booze. Yeah. <laughs> not taste or be or like enjoy. Right. Which will work? <laughs> Which of these has the highest flavorful alcohol content? Oh, man. I I remember the point that I realized I was no longer... No longer a teenager, or like, because in Britain you can, as a student, you're at, you can drink. Like universities have bars in them, because uh-huh. uh, the drinking age is eighteen. Right? You you can drink with, like, in my first week at university, the the professor, like the the guy in charge of our course, had us round for cocktails. You know, yeah, you can be eighteen, but how many British years equals an American year? Oh <laughs> uh, well, we all we die around sixty, so. <laughs> Okay, so it's still like the pound. A British year is still yeah, worth yeah. more. It's, it's like 62%. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so it's like... Uh, That's the rounding error. I guess you'd, you'd break that down into... Uh, <laughs> Carry the five, divide it by... 216. <laughs> sure, sure. Meat. Yeah. 216 so by 18, 220. So 18 drinking age. Yeah, so I remember I was, I was playing... I was doing a show at Reading University, mm-hmm. and I was about 23, maybe, and I started doing comedy as a student, so I still felt like, oh, these are my people, and I get this. I was about 23, 24, and I had a pint on stage, uh, and I had you know, most of a pint of beer, and a guy in the front row started going, down it, down it, and a few people joined in, and I just went, no, <laughs> I'm a grown-up. Like, I said that, and then I go, I'm a grown-up, and I bought this beer to enjoy it. <laughs> and, just, and then you downed it. And then I carried yeah, obviously, like, chug, 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 and then I put it on my head and did a dance. Sure. And then I put lifted my shirt over and showed them my belly. Nice. Yeah. But no, I, I just, I, yeah, I just carried on sipping my beer. Like, I, I felt no under no pressure to chug that drink. Did they laugh? Oh, I, I don't remember what the reaction was. Yeah, I think it was like, No. I think probably they did, like it was just from the unexpected yeah. reaction. I, I will cave to any peer pressure that's related to alcohol. Yeah. Always have, always will. Uh, I can actually drink a beer probably faster than anybody you've ever seen. Like a single beer, because <laughs> I can just open my throat and just kind of pour it into my stomach. And See, I've heard many people mm. say they can just open their throats as if that's just a normal... Yeah. I don't know if it's normal, but I know my brothers knew about it, and it was a thing they would ask me to do. Yeah. And then my, my freshman year, sure couldn't you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! It was gonna yeah, it really took ages to drink a beer. Take a lesson from Andy here. <laughs> yeah, no, it was only because the beer thing. It was very annoying. She would take so long. I'm trying to, you know. But I was home. I was home from college after my freshman year. And my brothers were talking about it. My dad overheard it, and he was fascinated. And he wanted to see me do it. I'm like, no, you don't want to see me. Do- why? Why would you? And he's like, no, it's fine. It's, you're in my house. You're allowed to. I know you're under. But I just want to see this. So my dad was. You could have done it with water. I could have, but on principle. So we poured a beer and I just downed it in less than a second. And my dad said, that's incredible. I don't ever want to see you do that again. (laughs) And then you threw up in your dad's face. (laughs) Wow. And my mom, uh, I think she overheard us and came down to see. And uh, everyone's like, no, you don't don't want to see what's going on right here. That's. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's when the real downhill spiral started. You that's guys. when it started. Um, yeah, yeah. Your dad's bragging about it right now. No, I don't think anybody's. Pr- it's pretty fratty. It's a pretty stupid skill to have. Oh, it's fucking awesome, bro. No, no. Now, in your uh, Nate, in all of your uh, exploits in high school, your fake IDs, your buying forties, 
Um, did did you do any uh, any science there? Oh, oh, look oh at that. yeah. Oh, well, like yeah. a real yeah. probably science co-host yeah. getting it back Thanks, on guys. topic. Guys. Yeah. Oh shucks. <laughs> I took it to uh, I took it to biology too. I t- I was uh, is that high school or college? That was high school. Um, that was an elective in high school. I took biology too. This is after. That was an elective? Almost failing out of chemistry. Chemistry avoided me entirely, and that's strange because I'm good at math. Um, 226 British days to an English mm-hmm. year, by the way. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah. and, and I just couldn't, I couldn't, get right. the, I couldn't get the... Uh, the um, I don't know. I, I just, I just couldn't. Pay. I just didn't care about chemistry. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot more math than uh, pouring test tubes into each other and and making yeah, it's shit not explode. all just making things change color no, in yeah. beakers, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, but I but I but biology too. I was good in because that that was like more hands on and visual and stuff. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, fetal pigs and you like that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, I was into it. Yeah, fetal it pigs. Fetal and, pigs and the frogs. Yeah, that was... Yeah, and actual pigs. I mean, I guess if... Uh, I, I, I spent my summers on my my family farm in Indiana. That was pretty scientific. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of agriculture, a lot of... Uh, sure. Mixing fertilizers. As a, of, as a kid with a fake ID, you're just trying to avoid the pigs, man. Yeah, well, you I mean, you're right. You're right. I'm, I, don't, uh, I don't take too kindly to them. They're, <laughs> they're filthy fucking animals. Um, no, but that, but that's about it. That's about it. And then in atmospheric and oceanic sciences, that was an elective oh. I took in college. Um, I also took a one credit volcanoes class, which I got a, <laughs> I got a D in. What? A, a volcano? Because the one volcanoes. you brought into class didn't erupt properly. I still have, <laughs> I still have nightmares about that class. One credit, and you couldn't. Pass. Well, no, I passed. I passed, oh, but okay. I came real close to not passing because I just, I just never went. Oh, okay. And I still have dreams about not going and 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 like missing it, and uh-huh. then not graduating because of that. I feel like the one credit volcano class, the final is just, uh, which you know, <laughs> what's the definition of lava versus magma? Like Pyroclastic flow. That was yeah. that's what I learned from that class. Do Isn't you know? that what killed everybody at uh, Pompeii? Yeah, yeah. That, that is. Well, pyroclastic flow is like uh, it's not the uh, dust layer, but it's the, uh, the it's kind like of hot air the kind ma- of the like magma, a- like the the just the sheer, uh, f- you know flaming hot dirt and silt and right. muck that comes out of a volcano it's not the actual i guess i guess yeah lava's included in it i, think I guess we- i didn't learn anything from that class <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's what you get from the guy who got the d in volcanoes right that was I, it i think that's we actually just, didn't we do pompeii we did a, we <laughs> a, did a pompeii probably d. history yeah there's an ep- if you go into the back catalog if you uh go look in itunes or in probablyscience.com you can find uh we've done some one-off probably histories and we did one about the eruption of Vesuvius. Yeah, we should get another one of those going. We, we've had several requests, and we have some good good sort of ideas for them. We did one about World War II that just ended up being like a three-hour... It was a holocaust of its own, that podcast recording. Yeah, yeah. I guess the trouble brutal. is there's only like, what, six things that have happened in history? Yeah, over we've the done years. three of them. Yeah, so, so it's just kind of hard. Um, I guess I guess now we just have to do one about yesterday, what happened, what we do. Right. You know, history is just not that interesting. Yeah, once you get up to date. make your own. This, make your own history, I think we should start with, this is a story that has a sort of historical, has its roots in, um, in events over the last 150 years. Sure. Uh, what do you guys know about the mythology behind the Yeti, the Himalayan cryptid? Mm. You may know him as the Abominable Snowman. I know, we got, we got quite into it with uh, Reese Darby a few weeks we ago. We did. We started talking about cryptids. Uh, you know, that was, that was what it was. It was very fun. Uh, 
Are you, are you about to tell us that Reese's account wasn't hundred percent scientifically I, I accurate? I don't want to throw Reese under the probably science <laughs> bus. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Yeti might, in fact, in fact, other scientists agree with me. It might, in fact, be a subspecies of brown bear. That's what most of the evidence points to. Because hmm. um, this is things like. Um, so, like no one's caught a yeti and going what is that but there are every so often there are footprints that like oh, where are these footprints from right and also people see things in the distance and you know that we are fallible our memories are fallible um I'm, I'm reading a book right now that we're gonna have the author on soon he's a geobiologist at caltech named donald prothero and he has a book called abominable science that's the background of all of these cryptids from like bigfoot to yeti loch ness monster just accounts of all of the evidence that the people who are cryptid hunters are using and debunking of all of it i mean because really in all these cases you know the bird <laughs> speaking of the yeti <laughs> yeah. jesus gus just sneezed was that a sneeze yeah the know. dog just coughed up like a skeleton or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that, but no that so was just unacceptable behavior that was just like oh do that into a handkerchief please yeah. poor guy oh, yeah be dog. a lady fart into a tissue <laughs> <laughs> sell it on ebay no i always, I always thought um I, I know this is totally unrelated i always thought that would be a hilarious like um high society like female thing to do <laughs> like if you were raised to like fart into a tissue and throw it away if you had to fart don't they make underwear that has like uh <laughs> i just thought that'd be so funny you know <laughs> i think they do make underwear that has like a sort of uh, fabric awkward. softener lining so you fart through this scented Filter. Don't what? They, I think they make. Could that. you not just achieve that by stuffing a bounce sheet yeah, down well, your pants? If you want to go cheap on it, yeah. Yeah. If you don't want to spend the real money, if you don't want, if you don't care about the process, <laughs> the process. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a life hack. I mean, that, that, there's no way that works. Yeah. There's I, no way. I guess not. Probably not. Yeah. It's like I. Whenever I have some friends. Oh, that, it actually <laughs> smells better in the room after you farted than before. Like it's, just, it's a real incentive just to really squeeze one out. Like a well, Glade plug-in, yeah. Andy, and we got to get back to the Yeti <laughs> we do, thing. We do, we do, we do. I'm, I'm, Would no, a Glade but, plug-in but I, work? But I'll forget I brought this up. Andy and I were discussing this like the other day. Like a Glade butt plug-in? Ah, uh, there we go. There we go. A Glade, a Glade butt plug-in. Mail that to yep. yourself. In. Um, <laughs> no, Andy and I were discussing this the other day because we're out here and Andy walked. I guarantee they make scented butt plugs. I'm sure. For sure. I'm sorry. Jeff. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Andy walked about 50 feet away. To uh, you know, break break wind, right? Oh, that's right. And you yeah. walk back, I'm, and then I'm, it's, a, I'm a gentleman. It's, I walked out of the room to. Yeah, do that. you walked out of the room, but then it it followed you. It stayed with you. And but I, I even cut the. I did the. I did the well, dude, they stay in your, the cord. They stay in your pants. Thing. Well, yeah. We well, everyone this. does the. First of all, I think the uh, I think the weird self ass fan thing doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't, okay, no. I don't that's think it I does anything. To, you gotta you gotta like you gotta you gotta pull your yeah. your. You that know, just you makes know. your ass look a bit abashed. Like when you're like when you're cooling <laughs> like, yourself. Ooh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I never. Yeah. <laughs> well, I never. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nate. You were saying. I just think you gotta you gotta walk off a fart. You gotta really let it out of your pants. Yeah. Okay. You know what we should do? We should find. Otherwise, it'll just creep out, like the pyroclastic flow <laughs> of we could, volcano. We could probably find some fluid dynamics expert who could come on and explain why it. Like I'm sure you create like an eddy effect as you're walking. You have to with it, and then it you know circulates well, back. Yeah, because it, as you. if as you move back into the room, you'll create an area of low pressure behind right. you. So it's gonna follow. Well, that. yeah. Well, I mean, I've had Ooh. this before. I know where, we have uh, Fluid wings. Dynamics listeners. We need some wingtips yeah. on our pants to c- curb those eddies. And Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're on a... Uh, I've, I've been in situations where I'm on a date, and I will uh, you know, open the car door for the, for the girl, and she gets in like after dinner, but that's your time to fart. Because right. all a date is to me is a long fart hold-in. Yeah. That's my favorite 
uh, part. What do you is, do? What do you do? You go in the trunk like you're trying to get something out of the trunk. You take <laughs> no, the trunk. no, no. See, that would be a smart thing to do. What I do? Well, first of all, I don't want to be rummaging around the trunk. Yeah, that's a what I'm doing. first that's a bad, date. First, <laughs> hold on a second. I gotta get something out of the trunk. Yeah, first <laughs> not a great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I just walk around the front of the car, but that's my fart time. Okay. Right? But then it always follows me in. I don't hang out long enough to let it get out of the pants, and then it's awful. I just get in, and I'm like, I've always had to explain every time. Why don't you walk around the back so she's not looking right at you? Drop your wallet. If she's if she's somehow got you in a rearview mirror, you know, you know, Jeez. drop your wallet, tie your shoe. I mean, I think this through, this dude. Yeah. Fake ID when he was 15. Master <laughs> smooth guy. Nate Cray. I, I don't think of that stuff, man. Got all the answers. Well, another option <laughs> is to get her to pull your finger. And then Then it's her fault <laughs> Then it's her then fault it's on her Master smooth guy Because he doesn't He doesn't Suffocate a woman In his car With a fucking Freshly doused Pair of blue jeans Well yeah but I You know I get back in And then it follows me And I always have to explain And then she looks at me Like what are you Some kind of Some kind of yeti <laughs> oh, oh Bang Like a Like a seasoned pro This they Jesse case They are real They are real uh, They live here Bluebell Ranch Okay so anyhow uh, So just to be clear On this by the way Um Bears are real. Bears do exist. We've proven the existence of bears. We've found bodies, which is an essential part of declaring something a species, <laughs> is finding an example of it, which has never happened for Bigfoot or Yeti. Uh, people have found hair samples that always turn out to be hybrids of other animals. People have found there was like a famous, um, supposedly a scalp of a Yeti that was found a long time ago. Then, then it was discovered that it was just kind of a refashioned... Uh, hide of some other animal's back that was curved to be like, and it also it was balding. Like, what wild animals ever have you ever seen that like bald on their heads like humans do? What uh, about the eagle, man? Uh, that's not actually bald. It, uh, comes well, from that is, well yeah, that's not what I understand, <laughs> man. Uh, Anyhow, so uh, the court this article, <laughs> DNA. <laughs> don't ups, don't upset Cletus, please. He, <laughs> he, he's it's right there in the goddamn name, man. <laughs> he's bald, mother eagle. Why am I censoring myself? Uh, yeah, you explicit just, podcast. You just cut the curse words out of this podcast. Yeah, why do, we can be as dirty as we... Uh, DNA tests on hair samples carried out by Oxford University Genetics. Professor Brian Sykes found that they matched those from an ancient polar bear. Um, he subjected the hairs to the most advanced tests available and says the most likely explanation for the myth is that the animal is a hybrid of polar bears and brown bears, uh, which is also what I'm finding in this book, Abominable Science. Um yeah, I mean, like, a lot of times, uh, the tracks, like, there are all kinds of problems with, you'll see a track that doesn't make sense, but animals sometimes walk in such a way that their hind feet step into the same place that their front feet do. Yeah. So it makes this double thing that looks like a longer, bigger track than it yeah. is. Uh, think it's something walking do up you right. have a picture of this brown bear, polar bear hybrid? Uh, I ha- Actually, there's one. Here's in- a picture of him living with the Hendersons. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, the one picture that i saw of a yeti that was like this is going to explain it all was some like i'm just showing you well, a looks, picture in the book which is well, not the same like as this bear. article that's, that's what i would that's a bear bears. yeah yeah i mean you wouldn't look at that and think that's a yeti that right. looks like a bear wearing one of those like bear hats that kids wear now like those are like adorable little yeah they're cute yeah. but this might not be the exact that's, wait, I think that's wait, just I a Himalayan hats what are we talking about this is a Himalayan the, brown bear we're the looking kids at. they wear the yeah. bear hats with the ears and it's like you just want to like like the kids in Japan and Japanese uh, Japanese it's high school here girls. though like there's uh, got people actually wear hats with like ears on them and you just want to beat them it's like a club kid I thing, do. isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like, it's yeah, it's like a raver kid. thing. A raver I mean, dude, thing. I can't get into that. That's uh, I can't get behind it at all. But anyway, it's it's a, it's adorable. I if, thought when you said kids, on... I thought you meant like five-year-olds. 
and they were they're wearing these you would hats think you would think like parents no 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 full grown adults of voting citizens yeah yeah uh, Anyhow. but but I, what I've seen is like a longer like fa- longer in the face like Asian ant like circus bear that like just looked a little bit and that was like a yeti like what you yeah that was like the closest thing they and they were like this is what people are seeing it's this this uh you know this species of bear that lives in the highlands of asia yeah so i mean it might just be this brown bear i showed you a picture but according to this article it might also be a hybrid of the polar bear and brown bear um professor sykes told the bbc there may be a real biological animal behind the yeti myth uh, he says he thinks this bear, which nobody has seen alive, may still be there, may have quite a lot of polar bear in it. So, I mean, it's sort of a cryptid, you could mm-hmm. argue. It's just not that different from animals that we're used to. It's not going to blow our minds. What is the definition of a cryptid? I see. Maybe there isn't even one. I don't know, because this book also gets into it. And when we have Donald Prothero on, we'll talk more about that. But um, there are an- there are new species found every year. Sure. It's just they're never things that are just vastly different from anything else we've ever seen. You know, we're we're never gonna. I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, but we're not gonna find a Bigfoot, you guys. Well, oh, here is something yeah. we did find. This is a. That's not what I came here for. Yeah, you know. tell me that Santa Claus doesn't exist. This is some huge uh, science news. Uh, oh, it's been in all. It's been in all the papers. Uh, actually, before very quickly before I get onto that, uh, Doctor Andrew Garrard. That's who I was trying to look up. He's our he's our thermofluids and thermodynamics expert. So, Doctor Garrard, if you have a take on far teddies. Please do send us. <laughs> <laughs> um, he yeah. was he was the one who wrote in and explained uh, winglets to us. The wing the wingtip oh, right. planes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's the he's the lecturer, senior lecturer in thermofluids and senior energy engineer at the University of Sheffield Hallam. So wow. there we go. Quite the accolades. Yeah, I mean, yeah. surely there's there's been some sort of fart study. Um, of on how you know the speed you have to walk to outrun your fart. I reckon. Um, I reckon, like maybe some thermofluid professor gone rogue, <laughs> like just doing it on the side without funding. I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if kind of somebody funding, actually <laughs> has done this just to try to get one of the, like an Ig Nobel Prize, Ig Nobel. That would be a, pr- if, yeah. if no one's done that yet. That is prime candidate for, a, for an Ig Nobel yeah. award. <laughs> um, yeah. But but here is a massive story that's been in all of, that you might our listeners might have heard a better take on in the national press and NPR. Um, and there is a, a new fossil discovery that might, according to the discoverers and the, the researchers involved, may completely change our views on multiple human species uh, walking the Earth. Here's what happened. There was discovery of a large number of fossils in uh, in Georgia. And jo- Georgia, the country, the country, yeah, the Russian or the f- former Soviet Eastern European place rather than the place in the south of America. It had one of the most complete hominid skulls ever found. It was yeah. 1.8 million years old. Just found it, right? Just found it, and it shares characteristics with Homo habilis, but also some features that were un- that were previously thought to be unique to Homo erectus. And it was it's come from a site that's given up the biggest collection of well-preserved early human remains known anywhere in the world. And here's why this is a big deal. Uh, it was previously thought that around the time this was discovered, there were huge numbers of different sort of cousin species. Sure. of humans mm-hmm. but this finding suggests that actually they might all have been variants of the same species so we might all be on a straighter lineage than we were previously thought to be we there must- wasn't this cross-pollination between sort of genetic cousins it was it was all yes variants and of the same the example one of the one of the researchers gives is a 
Danny DeVito and Michael Jordan are the same species. Right. So wait uh, a second. Are you trying to say that racism isn't important? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all leading up to. Uh, they've, mm. they've presented their findings and then they unveiled a giant rainbow behind them and all the <laughs> children of the world joined hands and sung. Wow. And it was sponsored by Coca-Cola. And the, and the, they've animated the skull. So. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Like, it's take, like... Take a verse. It's a sing songs like it's a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sipping Coke through a straw just falling out of the bottom of its skull. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I'd like to teach the world to sing. <laughs> all right. I like it. Uh, so this is this is still controversial. There are some people who disagree with it, and uh, I'm trying to find those disagreements now amongst the uh, in the article. Would you say 1.8 million years old? Long time. Yes. Long time. Hmm. Wow. Does that does that differ uh, to no, your no, findings? No, 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 it doesn't differ to differ to my findings. It at just all, doesn't make any sense according to the Bible. <laughs> well. I mean, that's a whole different podcast. You know what I mean, bro? I feel like... No, I, I thought... Uh, Probably Bible. <laughs> Sorry. So no, we've gone down that road before. Yeah. Um, no, I, I thought we were still on the... Somebody's made that joke already? No, no, no. We've just had to... Uh, we recently had somebody on who had to teach science to uh, like a, a church group that was on oh, this yeah. Brutal. cruise ship. Brutal. And they, she wasn't aware that that was what the what that group was there what for. What was the boat called again? It was, it was the like... Rapture. The Rapture. HMS Rapture. That, <laughs> oh, well, not HMS. Lord. These are these are pre we'd consider this pre modern modern man pre Homo sapien for sure yes yeah, yeah. Um, so it was around I'm an idiot like I don't know the I timelines. can't keep all of these str- I mean the, all the names for our ancestors genetically I can't keep them all straight so in their this, order of things because I know the the modern Homo sapien it was like Africa but then spread to the Fertile Crescent yeah here we go then, the, I, I was just wondering why we would be in Georgia but it according, seems like this is a pre human yeah well according to the piece in uh, on NPR. Uh, the conventional wisdom about early human evolution is uh, has it that there were several species that arose in Africa: um, Homo uh, rudolfensis, Homo habilis, Homo erectus, and maybe even more. Um, now, this new discovery suggests that a single species uh, can have more physical variety than previously thought, uh, which means maybe there weren't numerous early human species. Maybe there was just the one. Well, yeah, that would make. I mean, think about canines, man. Um, like that's crazy, but uh, th- it does have its skeptics. Uh, one of them, Brian Richmond, who's an anthropologist at George Washington University, uh, says the technique used in this new research glosses over the true amount of variation amongst those earliest uh, African fossils. Um, he says uh, it doesn't get it doesn't get at the more fine grained aspects of anatomy that actually distinguish species from one another. Uh, it's a bit like using a telescope when, in this case, they need a magnifying glass. Um, others say that if you look more at individual traits like the ridges on teeth or the shape of certain bones, uh, you'll find enough differences to justify splitting those early Africans into still into separate species. I don't like what this guy's saying. Yeah, man. Brian yeah. sounds like a real hater to me. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, I mean, I guess again, it's been a while since we had a uh, we could have done with our our paleontologist, paleobiologist on the show right now to yeah. discuss it, but um. Well, but, I think when we but have, what the, but like, what makes a species be distinct? Like the point at which it's separate enough to be a species is, uh, isn't that the point at which you can't, they can't reproduce, or is that? It's I'm not even sure about that because I, I, we were, I was talking about this with somebody else recently. Like the fact that, uh, so a mule is a donkey and a horse crossbred, right? Yeah, and, and they, they're always sterile. Always. So is that? Is be, it that they I, can't make fertile offspring? I don't know. I don't know. Also, what are coyotes? Are those? Uh, <laughs> 
that's what happens when a wolf and a dog mate, right? That makes you coyote. <laughs> wolf plus dog equals coyote. Well, that's a good question, man. I don't. I mean, I I know you were joking, but I'm actually that dumb. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't really know what a coyote I saw, is. I saw I four coyotes seen them. on the road a couple nights ago, and they were so unafraid of my car. They didn't even run off the street into the woods. They just kept jogging down the street. Yeah. That's right. You told me. I saw you later on that road. night, and you were like, man. "This dog was running in front of my car." And I was like, "You got to be careful, dog. There are coyotes out here that are gonna." Oh, <laughs> oh that's not a dog. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're. Uh, it's weird when you see them. It's weird. Yeah, and th- then they were off uh, howling in a pack up in the hills a little way- while later, and they oh, were very. I don't think I've seen coyotes. Like where I where I grew up, up there's loads the... of foxes everywhere. Oh really? Yeah, there's coyotes uh, like all over sort of Silver Lake Echo Park. I thought you guys called them birds. <laughs> <laughs> That, that wasn't. Nope. I'm gonna edit that out. Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. You never. Nope. Have time. I never have time. No. No. Well, never bother to. maybe you'll be editing that out um, before you have a nice sleep. Oh, maybe. transition. It's another but, big story this week but, that we couldn't avoid. Yeah, but before we real quick, yes. I just wanted to say that there is a lot more on this, and I I really do uh, suggest all of you go read Abominable Science. This also this story also plays into that, and then once we have uh, Donald Prothero on. He'll be able to. You just really don't want Nate to be here, do you? You know, you <laughs> spend the saying, whole like, time this is talking a- about Donald. You're talking little- about other people's degrees. Rubbing, oh. rub- it's weird that you're like kind of rubbing your pants a little while you talk about bit, him. Like, just, bit. just come on, man. Just engage with Nate. He's the guest we have. And okay, you know, what do you know about Gigantopithecus? Ah, well, glad you asked. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what was the next? <laughs> what kind of what pretzel chips are these? I- hey, just going, going to Wikipedia very quickly. A species is often defined as a group of organisms capable of interbreeding and producing fertile offspring. Boom. Uh, but while in many cases this definition is adequate, the difficulty of defining species is known as the species problem. Good name. Good name. Differing measures are often used, such as similarity of DNA, morphology, or ecological uh, niche. Uh, so yeah, there's. It turns out that's rough. I think the they can reproduce and make fertile offspring is the sort of high school version okay. of what a species is. Well, I'm I'm amazed at how similar humans look anyway. Like um if you you think about like the Danny DeVito versus Michael Jordan. Yep. Like yeah, that's about as contrasty as you get, mm-hmm. I would think. But you could still tell they're both human and if they met they'd be like we're both human, we're both human beings. And one of them would eat out the other one's hands and so on. They yeah, yeah. Nuzzle of, each other. Sort of that sort of deal. Um, That's adorable. <laughs> um, just, just Michael Jordan just cuddling with just turns it to, And it's like a meme that like 14-year-old girls send around that just says best friends in hearts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I I uh, Sleeping on each other by a fireplace, <laughs> matching jumpsuits. I was hanging out. <laughs> Adorable. I was hanging out with a toy poodle this week. Uh-huh. I was hanging out with a toy poodle a lot. This is uh, my friend was dog sitting, and was hanging out with this toy poodle. And it's this is a, a dog that's bred to be tiny, right? Yeah, it's like it's like six pounds. It's not. It's not one of those teacup poodles. It's six pounds. I mean, it's so small. Um, I fell in love with that. Normally, I'm not into not into super little dogs, you know. But this was trained right, so it's not yippee. Yeah. It's just a super yeah. super cool dog. Um, so hanging out with this thing, but it's amazing to me that you know you look at some other dog, a bull mastiff or something. It's like literally thirty times its size, uh-huh. you know. And I wouldn't if I saw I wouldn't assume if I saw a person that was that small. I wouldn't assume that's a human being. 
Right. Like they still know a dog always knows another dog. They always identify it, but the variations in the size variant, like uh, yeah, the variance. Like even when you look at sort of go to the Guinness Book of Records and like the smallest man who ever lived in the t- tallest man who ever right. Lived. It's not that big of a deal. It's not Actually, that, that is quite a big difference, isn't that's it? A, I would say, but those are real pretty... outliers, and those are yeah. Well, not only are those real outliers, but there's still things like um, I mean, with dogs, it's different. Types of fur, you know, hypoallergenic versus types that yeah, shed, and different yeah, colors, and different. It's just uh, it 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 boggles my mind. But that then again, they I still, still know to like smell each other's junk and. I, st- I take like a, a African pygmy and a, a Dutch person. I guess I just switched the height, the height and race from the Davido Michael Jordan. So you no, know, those sure. are kind of as dissimilar as a mastiff and a toy poodle, aren't they? I don't know. Yeah. 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 I'm not trying to shoot holes in your story. No, no, the, you're not shooting a hole. I think you're like... A, like we're a, just as used to seeing other humans as dogs are to seeing... it. We're just as wired to know a human as a dog is to know a dog. Where to an outsider to our species, those two people would look totally not like the same thing. Sure, also. sure. I guess what I'm saying is like it, it's this, this uh, theory that, that Matt has been uh, proposing here. Yeah. Um, is, you know, I mean, I, I would buy that. I would buy that there used to be more variants before we... Um, you know, banged it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would buy there would be before, more variables. Before stop, people stop being attracted to two and a half foot men <laughs> with that were 30% forehead. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we kind of weeded, kind of weeded those qualities out of ourselves. Yeah. Maybe dogs aren't so <laughs> discriminate. Maybe they, they don't, uh, right. they don't, they're not so choosy. They'll, they're willing to fuck the smallest or largest or, yeah, or seismically Inappropriate is that the correct? Yeah, I think seismically inappropriate. Seismically inappropriate. Um, yeah. Well, uh, you know when you better hope there's not a seismic event is when you're sleeping. You guys. <laughs> All right, three for three. Because the uh, it turns out that the brain uses sleep to wash away the waste toxins built up during a hard day's thinking. Oh, researchers have shown. I like now this. I didn't even know. Um, you know. It's always weird when someone starts talking about toxins. The word toxins is a huge red flag for me. A huge red flag for me. If I'm talking to someone and they're bringing up toxins, there's not going to be a lot of reason. Got to do a cleanse. <laughs> got to yeah. yeah. But this is the, again like. But I guess it's based on a real word. Really? Well, right. is- <laughs> I'm hearing. I'm. I'm. I, I'm. Oh, I want to hear what you guys have to say because I, when somebody says toxins, I'm all ears because I. I'm just looking for. I'm just looking for. <clears throat> the idea that I can be that I'm being productive in my sleep by ridding myself of toxins perks me up right away because that means i'm being productive in my sleep it is something i'll, good I'll hear i'll hear it. you can start doing the sleep cleanse yeah yeah <laughs> well uh there's a u.s team uh and they believe that the uh, u.s team scientists and they believe that the waste removal system is one of the fundamental reasons for sleep um this uh, this kind of makes sense because uh sleep isn't very obvious for from an evolutionary point of view as to why why we would need so much of it well we know yeah we know the mental reasons but not necessarily the physical yeah like we know we know for example that one thing that happens in sleep is the brain writes short-term memory into long-term memory so it takes um so there's a there's a stage of the de- of the dream cycle where you take all the memories throughout the day and you um well that happens during rim yeah i think it I think it's actually just before him that that happens. But if you get woke, if you get woken up in that, that's what a dream is. When you remember a dream, it's when you get woken up in the middle of that process when your brain is taking the images of the day and writing them into uh, 
is the long term memory. That's an agreed upon thing. I didn't think I that. checked it. Someone told me that once. A goth guy once told me that at a party, and I <laughs> okay, took it okay. on. Yeah, yeah. But then I, and then, and that's been sort of floating around <laughs> my head for a while. And then I met a uh, a scientist who spe- who studies this kind of thing uh, at a nerdy comedy and <laughs> science event in London at a goth party, at a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at a goth club. <laughs> and uh, and she said, uh, and she said, no, that's pretty much that. Pretty much is what it is. Well, no, it's how- your it's your brain taking taking these images that are that are suddenly there and arranging them into a thing that makes sense now at what point in sleep do goth people um forget how to dress acceptably in public (laughs) um if you cross the 10 hour threshold that's when you lose the ability to wear anything with any chromatic okay well i yeah because i know that that whole thing i mean it's i would say probably around two hours into sleep because it hasn't really been relevant since before rem Oh wow! That was a grab. It was a grab. It was a stretch. It was What's a stretch, that? you guys, and I apologize. <laughs> I, uh, it was a college touchdown. One foot inbounds. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, we forgot that. Yeah, Nate was supposed to be here on our uh, sports episode with David Epstein. No, yeah. um, I, I know that. Um, Pretty proud of myself for making it thirty minutes into the show without a sports analogy. <laughs> I know that uh, you know things like uh, PTSD. A lot of or a lot of traumas. The, a lot of those can happen just because you're not getting enough sleep yep. during that event mm-hmm. or shortly after because it's not properly put into your long term memory, and that's how flashbacks can occur. Um, is because you can literally uh, there, there's a thing called uh, EMDR, which they're doing with a lot of like combat vets and things like that, where basically it, it allows you to hit REM while you're awake. It's like these you wear these goggles and headphones. You're in a room with a shrink. And uh, it makes your eyes start, you know, doing the twitching while you're awake. Yeah, because, okay, again, I think your and memories you are constantly rewriting themselves and yeah, rearranging and you rewrite, themselves. You rewrite it so consciously. You, so you relive oh. the traumatic events, but in intense. a more controlled way mm-hmm. and rewrite it in a more agreeable, less uh, traumatic, less it's easier to painful confront fashion. it consciously yeah. with your eyes closed. Uh, it's more than just your eyes closed. It's, I th- well, I think the reason for your eyes jerking back and forth during REM with rapid eye movement is to um, it's you know it it has to do with the muscles behind your eyes and getting neurons to start firing and so what does the DR stand for an EMDR? It's uh, eye movement desensitization remedy or uh, I don't know it's huh. kind of a bullshit acronym but um, probably not though. That uh, sounds wild. That's really they're how they're treating some of. The, I mean, because those it's guys a really are, popular. Those guys a, come back fucked. Up. Yeah, it's it's not like a new agey thing. It's like really huh. you know psychology today. But again, that uh-huh. doesn't explain with things like sleep why it's so important that we get that and why because sleep is sleep is from an evolutionary point of view quite a dangerous thing. Yeah. Like particularly for smaller, less easily defended creatures. Uh-huh. Like it's you are shutting off most of your senses and your ability to uh-huh. avoid predators. Yeah. Um, and for about- a large amount of for a large amount of the day, and that obviously impedes your ability to pass on your genes, which should impede that getting through the evolutionary net. So there's got to be good reason for it to exist. Well, it just occurred to me also, sleep is so stressful. Or I'm sorry, our modern lives we've created all these stressors that aren't even life or death things, but that we occupy our brains with and cause us stress and keep us from sleeping or keep us from having good sleep. Like when yeah. I'm really stressed about something. I'm thinking about kind of thinking about it all night. Yeah, and I'll even like wake up because of that stressing thing. My brain just says you don't have time to sleep anymore. You got to go do this thing right now. And if that's enough to keep me from sleeping, imagine when your life was a constant battle to not get eaten. Right. How did anybody 
how did they have restful sleep? Yeah. Like, do you ever think about that? I'm not how? sure it was restful. I mean, if you were worried about the possibility but also, of there's animal the thing where your brain, you. animals and humans as well, can die if they're kept awake for too long. Absolutely. Like, you can. Yeah. Not so, sleeping can kill you if you do it for long enough. Eventually. Well, if you look at an animal sleep, you know, like on YouTube, there's very, very popular videos of like puppies or kittens falling asleep. Yeah. I think one of the reasons it's so comforting to us to watch. They let animal videos on YouTube now? <laughs> they, they'll do anything, bro. It's getting really weird. Um, is uh, when you, when we sleep, we generally will lay down and close our eyes. You and I we, we, together. Yeah, yeah. When Andy and I sleep together. <laughs> We predict, you know, you predict, like, I'm going to sleep now. I'm going to try to sleep. I'm going to close my eyes and go to sleep. Every time an animal falls asleep, it's, it has to. It's blacking out every time. It's reached a point where it can no longer stay awake if it wants You don't to. see an animal like, ah, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to count some sheep. It's they always 100%. But it's, not, it's, like, it's not necessarily like passing out through exhaustion. It's like animals have na- the equivalent of naps, you know, when you're just a little, yeah. the equivalent of when you're lying on the couch watching TV and then you wake up an hour later. Sure, but it's not a forced thing. They just fall asleep. I mean, we, yeah. at the same, by this, you know, the, the counter side to that is we try to stay awake too much as well. While an animal, I think, would just, well, I don't have anything going on. I'm just going to sleep. Now, can we imagine Michael Jordan making a YouTube video of Danny DeVito nodding off in front of oh, the my fireplace? God. Matching jumpsuits. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Action um, item for listener out there. Oh, did I really forget? So, so what they're finding now is, um, is when you fall asleep, um, it opens up gaps between your neurons, and that allows fluid to wash the brain clean. Wow! So it's a physiological, like literally, it's clean. literally not even just yeah. like some kind of organization of data, but like literally cleaning, literally your brain. cleaning it because there are um, toxic proteins that sort of happen during the day. Um, the brain only has. Uh, this was researcher uh, Dr. Maiken Nedergaard, um, and I apologize for mispronouncing that, which I surely did. It's, it's probably um, right. That sounds right. But um, he or she said that the brain, <laughs> <laughs> the brain, hello, Mikan. Um, you know, Mikan. Um, I'm sorry, Nerdgard. Um, Niedergard. Niedergard, and this is at the University of Rochester Medical Center. Um, believes that sort of, uh, you know, almost like housework, maybe one of the primary reasons for sleep. Um, the physical things it's doing. The brain only has limited energy at its, at its disposal, and it appears that it must choose between two different functional states, awake and aware, or asleep and cleaning up. Then there's a great analogy. Uh, you can think of it like having a house party. You can either entertain the guests or clean up the house, but you can't really do the same at uh, both at the same time. Well, clearly she's not been to my parties. Yeah, <laughs> Mike has never been to one of our parties. I'm cleaning the whole time. So when um, kid and play, Swiffer, when Swiffer kid and play parties. go to sleep, can one take over one duty and the other still <laughs> keep the pajama jammy jam going, as it were? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I think so. That, um, oh, I I mean, washing neurons. First of all, how small are neurons? Pretty tiny. And then how small are? F- well, this is um. So this was that make up fluids. Well, this study was done in mice, but it's been seen as well, I think, in baboons, but not That's in humans wild. yet. Um, but yeah, there's this uh, cerebrospinal fluid that circulates through the brain and nervous system. Um, but when you're asleep, and I think when the neurons are less in use, they actually shrink in size. So they allow more of a gap between between them so this so the toxins can be flushed out. They lose that brain boner. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Your neurons get all limp, and then you can clean it off. 
Rock hard brain boner, all full, all, all um, young, dumb, and full of stupid brain stuff. <laughs> and they said uh, the significance of this uh, shows that sleep may contribute to the restoration of brain cell function and have protective effects. And many conditions which lead to the loss of brain cells, such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, are characterized by the buildup of damaged proteins in the brain. Yeah, so one of these proteins, one of these waste products that gets washed out during the sleep cycle is a, a beta amyloid. Uh, which is the substance that forms sticky plaque uh, associated with Alzheimer's. So, so get some sleep, so everybody. That, so get yeah. some sleep, but also clearly this, in some way or another, this process isn't working properly in pe- in people who have Alzheimer's. So that might help to contribute to some kind of treatment Yeah, in the it's future. a buildup of the damaged proteins, I guess, which is literally what Alzheimer's is. So um, those aren't getting washed away properly. So maybe some sort of... Um, I don't know, some sort of water pick type thing you yeah. can use and put it, shove it in your ear. In, I don't know. It just head. have like an input nozzle and out on your brain and just like yeah, shoot you, stuff. Yeah, a brain your, douche. Yeah, a brain exactly. Give yourself a brain douche. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's exactly I, what you need. I feel like Sign up for, it's going to be a thing. If colonics could work, yeah. If people would pay to have, yeah. I'm sure. yeah I have mean, you ever I had hate, a colonic? I've never had one of you. I, about <laughs> six Uh-oh. years ago... I was in Newcastle at, at the comedy club for the weekend, and every day I walked past this place uh, oh, no. that had like it was like a colonic irrigation and flotation tank. They were the two things they did. I hope they kept the two processes separate. Yeah, that's bad. But yeah, uh, kidding, yeah. <laughs> I, like, um, and I thought, and on one of the days I was bored for a week I'm for sorry, an afternoon. I thought there's a couple floaters in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh my god <laughs> It's so dark Mate, in those... his joke that was Is now covering his own face yeah. in shame <laughs> Horrifying Hey man, uh, I'm just trying to space out There's uh, a couple uh... So what? So I thought have you, have you ever done Just done a stupid thing Thinking, well, I'm gonna get a joke out of this I'll get some material I'll sure. get some I'll get some time on stage out of this little adventure. Yeah. Kind of the I last could, 10 years I of my life. I could have gone to the flotation tank, which I now know is a really lovely way to spend an, uh, an hour or so. Um, instead, I got a colonic. Oh, I had one of the most unpleasant hours of my life and got not a single joke out of it. Like, not a wow. single, oh, not even a one-liner. What was so unpleasant about it? It's like shitting for an hour. Oh, like man. like for a solid, you know, not even uh, like yeah, shitting, let, but you know let, that feeling let, when you let like him repeat re- what is unpleasant about it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Shitting for an hour? Are you kidding me? But you know, highlight what? of my day. Because it's not even that. Pro- it's like the I really need to. Sh- it's like really needing to shit for an hour and not getting that relief. Yeah, yeah. Because how far back into everything does it go? Do, you, do they tell you? How- I don't know. I mean, like, it's the whole thing's it's nonsense. fairly unhealthy, it's, right? If you get a lot be. of them, it's not meant. Yeah, it, like uh, having since read up on it, like I had a vague idea that was the case, but for them, f- same with detoxes. Same with people who do various juice fasts or whatever. Um, in the vast majority, of people, the digestive system does its job fine like yeah. we detox fine the the right. most of the reason why people feel good after when they're doing a detox is because they spend a week not drinking alcohol or coffee or not eating having fries or whatever but as, yeah. as well you, as the placebo effects and of, the placebo effects yeah, yeah you know you every day you feel good at, at times and you feel shitty at times uh but when you're in the middle of one of these things you have selective memory you know, i feel suddenly really energetic well Everyone does sometimes at certain yeah. times of day. Um, uh, so for the most part, your body does a very good job of flushing out all the stuff that it, your liver and kidneys and that whole digestive tract 
do a pretty effective job yeah. of getting everything out of your system. Uh, and when you flush it through, you're removing some of the healthy bacteria right. that you sure, do need. Yeah. Sure. Now, did you take advantage of having that colonic just done at all? Did you try to, you know... Oh, uh, come on. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. I would feel like if I had a colonic, I'd be... It's like having yeah, a new like, haircut. You want to go out in the town? Show it off? Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to, you know... Put things up in there now that it's nice and clean yeah. and waiting for us. Seriously, sure. guys, you could, eat, you could eat your dinner off it. Yeah. <laughs> try it. <laughs> Please yourself, try it. Get yourself a colonic. Did, um, okay, uh, not to... Did anything... Because another thing they say happens if you do just a detox for long enough, if you do the master cleanse long enough, supposedly like this, this like inner tube shaped black thing like some kind of thing I remember oh, I yeah, read up jerky. on that as well because I had a, f- I have a few friends of mine I tr- this is the maple syrup the master cleanse that maple oh, yeah. syrup and lemon juice one yeah and which I tried for about a day and it was like and I cayenne pepper and it was just you meant to do it for a week and a half or something um so someone did some analysis on on that thing. Like after about five days, or s- this thing comes out that's yeah. That they're like, this is all the toxins combined in it, in this big black whatever horrible. Yeah, like f- I apologize to anyone who's listening to this it's while like they're a eating right jerky now. chain. Um, so <laughs> jerky chain. So what that apparently is? Did anything it, come out of you? No, nothing. So it was what, only three or four days. So what that apparently is is maple syrup. Uh, <laughs> it's the thing. Uh, it's basically the stuff that you've been putting into your system for uh, uh, for the past funny. week. That makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Well, have you ever tried to cleanse, Nate? I never have, but I guarantee there's there's some stuff in there that I that I could stand to get out. <laughs> I did the math, dude. I've eaten like seven hundred frozen pizzas in my life. <laughs> I just actually sorted all of my credit card transactions for the last year uh-huh. just to try to figure out what I can deduct, and uh, there's. Over forty Jack in the Box transactions Whoa. in the last ten months. That seems like too a little too many. You eat Jack in the Box like that? It's the closest place to my house that's open twenty four hours. They serve breakfast twenty four hours a day. Like, yeah, if I'm just coming home and I'm hungry, I need something quick. I'll just get a breakfast Jack. It's okay. what is a breakfast Jack? It's just a fried egg, slice of American cheese, and ham on a hamburger bun. And I guess I've done that at least forty times this calendar <laughs> wow. year. Wow. That's not good, right? You guys, that can't be a good trend. I mean, just just go with it, dude. That's your yeah. that's your vice. We all have our vices. Do you think Jack in the Box wants to sponsor our podcast? Because I just feel like I could give a testimony. Your vice happens to be breakfast sandwiches. Oh, they're getting yeah. they're, at midnight. They're, their new billboard. It says, uh, "Make a late night foodie call." Oh, they're getting a little sexy oh, on their new yeah. billboard. Oh, yeah. did I mention when I get the breakfast, Jack, I take it home and fuck it. I, I left that part out. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, no. I didn't mention it, but a video of that is part of the campaign. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you're doing that, do you put the candle on? I do. <laughs> the candle. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about this on the air, have we? Oh, was that before we started recording? Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. I already forgot. No, no. Never no. mind. Should we it's go over. Nah, okay, it's over. Okay. Roommate secrets. Roommate secrets. <laughs> Brought to oh. you by Jack in the Box. Everyone's Bing! got a candle. Everyone Everyone's knows what we're talking whatever. about. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> this actually is a good segue into... Uh, How many credit card transactions were there for candles? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, weirdly enough, they're inversely proportional. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. true. That's true. The more, the more Jack, Jack in the, the box, box per month, the, the fewer, fewer candles. candle purchases. No question. <laughs> uh, that reminds me, we are in talks right now with Laughster to do a live free streaming video episode. We're going to probably record uh, from right here in the backyard. Yes. Probably during the afternoon, so we can get some daylight shots of all this. Just yeah. to give you guys. If some we do like early afternoon, so that Brits are still awake and the East Coast. Yeah. 
So those of you who'd be interested in tuning in for something like that, again, that would just be a free but live video stream of the show. We um, are going to try to get our roommate, Stuart, to walk by. The goal is that he wouldn't know we're doing it. We can get well, him no, to he's, somehow he's so bad at tech stuff. We could have him sit down and just, just see what happens. Just have yeah. a conversation <laughs> with him for a second. So, yeah, if you guys could write to us, you can either tweet at us at probably science or email probablyscience at gmail.com to let us know, A, if you would watch something like that, um, B, what, what time including your time zone would be optimal for that. And also what kind of things you would want to see things we mentioned about the house or just people, anything, anything video related that you would actually want to see on this thing that we could pull off for you. Cause I think it'd be a fun way to just, now are you worried that this is going to ruin it for some people knowing what we look like? Because got- I always assign different voices to or different faces to voices on podcasts. But we're starting to put up more pictures we take during the show, and, and I'm, sure. I'm doing a new version of the site that's going to be uh, built by Squarespace, who are I'm not nice. a sponsor yet. But are, are people cool. going to finally realize that I'm shorter than uh, nah, you guys? No, are? we're going to we're going to fix all. Always put me in a box or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get some phone books out here. Um, I'm, you know, I used to listen to uh, stuff you should know all the time. Yeah, and then I saw what those guys looked like, and it like ruined the podcast for oh. me. Huh. They had totally different. Uh, they looked totally different in my head. I don't know why I never looked it up. We had so, somebody came up to us at the closing night party at the podcast festival. I came up to Matt and me, and uh, she seemed very disappointed in what we looked like. She kept looking at me, like <laughs> cocking her head to the side like a dog or something. Wow. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry, whoever that was. I yeah. Bo- both for looking different and for describing her as a confused dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um,. Anyhow, uh, okay, so I feel like uh, we've done a bunch of, I know we have mostly sort of biological stories this week, so maybe we should, do you guys want to talk about space or baldness? Hey, what's the diff, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, say, I say space. Space. Yeah. When in doubt. I just yeah. saw gravity. Well, actually, this is very closely aligned with gravity, because I don't think we're giving away anything by saying that one of the major problems that they have to overcome in gravity is uh, space debris. That's yes. pretty early in the movie. Yeah. That's sort of a, a plot forwarding thing. It's the it's and it's a major yeah. problem. There's tons of junk floating around Earth. Um, there's a, for decades we've just kind of thrown things up there in orbit and been like space is big, it's gonna be fine. But you know, eventually we reach this point of, of having so much shit up there that it's it's yeah, harmful it, too. It turns out that even though there's a lot of space up there. If something's moving at many thousands of miles an hour, yeah. it covers quite a lot of that distance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, back in the day, we figured if we just left our defunct satellites or spent rocket stages and any pieces of garbage up there, they would take care of themselves. But the truth is rather, rather different. And now we might be nearing a situation called the Kessler syndrome, where space debris is so prevalent that it increasingly collides with other orbital trash, fragmenting into thousands of new pieces of junk and rendering the orbits around Earth useless. Yeah. So we got to figure out a way to uh, harness all this, throw has it into the sun like sing- Superman style. And has there been a single bit like of human advance uh, technology and civilization that hasn't in turn just wrecked its environment? Right, right. There's been no single thing that's that's all only been an improvement. It's all I, been. I just try to think because like, every every amazing thing that we've done, like getting into space and getting right. getting humans in space and getting satellites up there and everything, it's astonishing and the technology advantages that we have from that and the science that's come out of that both directly and indirectly but at the same time we've just fucked another bit of the universe like it wasn't quite enough as like screwing with our own planet we're just let's just pump some junk up there as well and just leave it floating around 
but at least Mount all, Everest is now look, just a little bit of a foothold. Okay. With. You got to get a foothold. All right. You got to get, you got to, there's got to be a jump off point. And for us, uh, exploring space, uh, you know, we, ha- we got to, we got to dirty it up. We got to, we got to, we got to inject ourselves into the uh we're sort of creating a habitat that's that's what that's like something we're used to up there like yeah yeah yeah, we want to have junk up there too make yourself at home right right we're kicking our shoes off which is fine except when you kick those shoes off they start traveling at twenty thousand miles an hour and then they come back and go through your skull shut down all our cell phones right yeah so until that happens it's all fun and games um but actually there's a there's a new theory that might be an interesting way of of harnessing and moving all of this Junk, um, which is to why, use. Why is it called the Kessler problem? Um, I assume there's a dude named Kessler who uh, sexist. Probably. Um, I'm, I'm actually clicking through to the link to find out more about Kessler. Uh, Donald Kessler is who it's named for. Um, he, I guess, is based in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, Red flag. <laughs> <laughs> Deal breaker. Uh, he's a retired. Check, please. He's a retired. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, Doc. There's no hacky sex in outer space. <laughs> uh, he was a, a retired NASA scientist um, with uh, his own home observatory that he built. And in, back in 1978, he published a paper that made his reputation in aerospace circles. Um, Let's see. Collision frequency of artificial satellites, the creation of a debris belt, was the name of his seminal paper, uh, positing that spent satellites and other space trash would accumulate until crashes become inevitable. Um, so, yeah, I guess this was back mm. when he was 38 years old in 1978, I believe. A young, a young nihilist Kessler. Yep. So, yeah, that's the name yes. of the syndrome. But to prevent that, we're, we're talking about possibly using static electricity to harness all this debris and move it the hell out of the way. Um... By wow. shooting space debris with an electron beam, a charged spacecraft could then tug them to higher orbit and then fling them away. Uh, I thought it was going to be rubbing work. giant balloons on or, giant or carpets. It's kind of the, I mean, it's, it's the same kind of technology. Uh, so it is not that much different. So what it does is it fires, uh, you've got the craft there and you've got the space junk a uh, short distance away from it, and it You're fires. Talking a- about the the geosynchronous large debris reorbiter. I'm talking about oh, that exactly. Oh, oh, oh. Glider. So it fire it fires this electron beam at the space junk. So it's the a space magnet. Junk- it's a magnet. It's electrostatic mm. energy. So it's the same. It's it's in the same wheelhouse. So the um, uh, so the thing that's be- had electrons fired at it becomes negatively charged. Right. Uh, the, and thing the thing that shot it shot it will then be positively charged because it's lost these electrons. So now you've got a negatively charged and a positively charged things. They're attracted to each other, um, which means that's as good as having a, a, a rope between the two of them. So it creates like a virtual tugboat kind of. So then it very slowly and very carefully starts to move out of that orbit and it drags the debris with it. And once it gets far enough out of the orbit, it switches off the beam. Uh, the satellite, oh, sorry, the space junk starts to shake off the electrons, starts to lose the charge. And once it's lost the charge, it drifts away from the ch- the craft and floats off into deep space. Mm-hmm. Wow! And it just always times its uh, or times its uh, adjusts its velocity so it stays about fifteen to twenty five meters in front of the junk, and then just accelerates it, accelerates it. It's very slow the process. So it has to like orbit a bunch more times until it speeds up. Then eventually it can be brought higher and higher up. Every time and I hear then, space junk, I always think of like a terrible, like seventies sci fi movie 
like a you know like a RoboCop type thing, and that's like the drug everyone's doing. <laughs> nice yeah. space junk. I th- the scourge of New Detroit. <laughs> what was it? Nuke. Oh, in I RoboCop two. Was there yeah. a name? Nuke, yeah, where nuke. they would put it behind their yeah. ear, like, uh, and he, he would go, Nuke, <laughs> like Nuke users, Kane. <laughs> that was a great movie, man. I was RoboCop think- 2? RoboCop 2 was a killer. <laughs> See, I was thinking... I most- broke up with a girl once because she wouldn't watch RoboCop 2 with me. <laughs> Deal breaker. <laughs> I was thinking more space junk is just the thing between a spaceman's space legs. Yeah, yeah. It's that too. It's that Space it's junk. Absolutely. So, man, I wish I could get one of these electron beams for my heart. You know what I mean? Uh, so, <laughs> this is how they... So, they... They'll just get it out of the orbit and then... Sounds like, sounds like they're trying to clean up space a lot like we clean our brains. Mm-hmm. Nate. Uh-huh. Bringing it back around. Bringing space. it back around. Space. New co-host, Nate Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep adding people. Space. <laughs> Sleep time for the Earth. <laughs> yeah, did I ruin it? No, I think it's... I like it. I like it. Ah, damn it. No, I think, uh, I think every listener just shed a solitary tear. Mm. <laughs> Sleepy time for Earth. Hmm. Well, I think we do have. T- there's two. I mean, there's two more stories that are human biology related that are super interesting. Let's I guess get one in. My my uh, my three G is messing up here. I'm having trouble accessing our stories. But but someone else will have to. What, okay, well, what is the other story? What's there's the-, the one about the eight, the clocking the aging of tissue and how the internal clock is actually something we can sort of read and that matches the chronological age of tissue, or that we we're very close to a baldness cure. They're kind of connected. They sort of are. What do you reckon we think? can try and squeeze both in quickly? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so what the? But is there any tissue that is uh, most accurately, um, a most a more accurate record of aging? Well, I tell you what. Didn't what you is say? A, what is an inaccurate record of aging? Boobs. Apparently, breast tissue uh, ages more quickly than the rest of the female body. Um. So that suggests a system that may be the most accurate way yet of identifying a person's age from blood or tissue sample. Uh, oh, actually, no, sorry. The, the, that system, that is one of the findings of the system. Right? That's, yes. I did that that's how the carnies do it. <laughs> <laughs> a professor. I, did, I did that. Did I ever tell you I did that? Because well, well, I, I always looked really young for my age. And at the fair, there was one of those, like, I'll guess guess your age. If I'm out by more than two years, win a prize. So I rocked up, like, super confident, like, I got this one. I gave him a pound, uh, and, and he said, I think I was about ten, and he went, seven? I went, nah, ten! And he didn't, like, ask for any kind of idea or whatever. He went, all right, you win. And then gave me this shitty little silver boots thing. <laughs> it was just like... And I'm like, oh, that's the actual scam. The actual scam is even if you win, the you get something that is shit. substantially shitter than the amount you paid. <laughs> wow. that's what, I, what I actually did was paid money to be ripped off and insulted. <laughs> so like, wow. You had, a, you had a pound burning a hole in your pocket as a 10-year-old? Wow. Oh, yeah. So that's what our crowds feel like. Uh. (laughs) that's what stand-up audiences are that's what stand-up audiences feel Hmm. okay so anyhow this is from a ucla study and um steve horvath a professor of human genetics at the david geffen school of medicine at ucla is that the geffen i'm thinking of probably probably why would the okay sure school of medicine and rocking out yeah i mean he's the guy's a 
multi multi millionaire. Right. Yeah. 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 Billionaire. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, probably flung a few few bucks UCLA's way. Sure. Got a building. He is the G of S of DreamWorks. He's the right SKG. That's Spielberg, right. Yeah. Katzenberg, so Geffen. Yeah. So between Geffen Records and DreamWorks, yeah, he could He's probably got some medicine money to throw around. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, get a so, get a few findings to his name. Yeah. Well, I'm, this isn't credited to him. It's just that's the name of the school. Um, so they uncovered a biological clock embedded. Oh in no, her. I think you'll find he personally does all the science. Oh, okay, he actually does. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a busy man, David Geffen. Um, so this study uncovered a biological clock embedded in our genomes that may shed light on why our bodies age and how. Uh, he also hand draws every DreamWorks film <laughs> and plays guitar on every album. <laughs> Geffen wow. release. David Geffen is amazing. So they found a biological clock. They literally they can. Uh, they, you, buy, you can buy one. You can buy a biological clock. Eight thousand pieces of. It's 51. a phone, but yes, yeah. it comes with a clock. The alarm goes off once a month. How does <laughs> yeah. it work? How does well, it work? Here's what actually happens, Jesse. As we as we get older, the pattern of chemical markings on our DNA changes. Uh, each gene becomes more or less uh, methylated or methylated. Uh, so they have the methyl chemical groups added or removed. Uh, this generally increases or decreases gene expression, uh, which is the process known as epigenetics. Okay. Uh, um, so, yeah, they sampled 8,000 pieces of 51 types of tissue and cells taken from throughout the body and uh, charted how age affects that methylation level from pre-birth through 101 years. And they zeroed in on 353 markers that change with age and are present throughout the body. And they were surprised that they could actually reliably match up the ages of the tissue with the actual chronological age of them. For the most part. Hmm. With the exception being breasts. Uh, breast age faster. Breast age on the average um, in adult women, I think it was they're about two to three years older than the rest of her tissue. Depressing. Uh-huh. And that <laughs> may actually be why breast cancer is so is so prevalent. Um, because, yeah, if a woman has breast cancer, the healthy tissue next to the tumor is on average of 12 years older than the rest of her body, they said. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So then does that correlate with all other cancers, like, like from from most common types of cancer? Does the, the, does the tissues do in those organs know. So in a weird faster. way, I am into cougars. <laughs> the, <laughs> Partial cougars. <laughs> the, um... Because uh, the previous best way of measuring it, uh, of uh, measuring uh, aging tissue uh, is based on the length of the, uh... I don't know. I never know how this name, this word is pronounced. Uh, telomere or telomeres. Tilapia. It's a... Tilapia. <laughs> Best yeah, Tel Tel Aviv. T e l o m e r e s for any of you spelling champs out there, uh, which is the tip of the chromosome, oh, yeah. uh, and they get shorter as you get older. Sure, um, that has a ninety-six percent chance of accurately identifying someone's age to within three point six years. Uh, sorry, this new method is ninety-six percent compared to the previous method, which is fifty-three percent. Wow. So, so they get shorter, so every time the cell regenerates, it's a little shorter. Yeah, which is, I, I, right. all those those people who claim, you know, there's there's a whole society or community of people who are trying to defy aging in various ways. Right. And that's normally connected to stopping this process. This uh, Right. Yeah, as, as you get older, your body gets less good at regenerating the tissue that it... Which well, is why so every every cell sort of has its its built-in clock. It has a built-in timeline. Number of times it can reproduce effectively. Right now, I mean, are they going to be able to accurately predict? I mean, the the obvious to me, the obvious experiment there is accurately predicting someone's lifespan. Or or just uh, tracking the progress of cancer, maybe? Because I mean, they also said that tumor tissue itself is an average of thirty-six years older than healthy tissue. 
So I don't know if that's... Uh, if 36 years older. 36 years older. The actual Which again, make, that again makes sense because what cancer, cancer... is just kind of out of control. Is out of control reproduction of cells. For right. The, effect, or for the most part. It's basically, yeah, just keeps reproducing. Life out of control. Mm. Um, 30, so it's an average of 36 years older than the healthy tissue. Well, now it makes tissue. sense that I've been calling my dad a tumor all these years. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you die of cancer, if you die of a tumor, uh-huh. you've just lived to death. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's just life. Out of, it's just uh, it's life too out of, much. It's an out-of-control life, man. It's too much life, man. Too much living. Ugh. You know what else happens when you get old? You go... You go bald. No. Oh, I thought it was going to be yes. ironing jeans. Yes! Uh, <laughs> ironing jeans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is the best look, isn't it? <laughs> pair, nice pair of iron pleated jeans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. a mature set uh, of denims. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, is that a, is that a, I think I have seen that, but like what's your association with that? Did your parents like No, but that's a, that's one of those sort of stereotypes of like I don't, even older people now rarely do it. Like, but that's sort of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who was maybe in their fifties in the eighties, right, or forties or fifties in the eighties would have like worn jeans, but <laughs> still pressed a nice crease down the right, down the daring to wear jeans, but it has to be on their terms. I remember in middle school, uh, black kids used to iron their jeans. That's just where I'm from. Though. Really? Yeah, that was like a thing, like crisp creased jeans. Where, Where would the crease be? No, Wisconsin. I, right in the front. Front crease yeah. on the jeans. Wow. There is that sort of general thing where... And, and cuffed. cuffed. Young and black creased. kids can get away with wearing the kind of thing that like a 90-year-old man would wear and right. somehow pull it off. Pull it off, yeah. Wait, you say cuffed as in like there was a thing when I was in middle school called pegging? Is that what it is? Like, no, no, no. You tighten no, no, it no. and then roll it? No, no, not a French roll. Okay. No, no, no. no. Cuffed, like, pegging the active uh, woman with a strap on. Yes. <laughs> like hemmed up like that. Oh, okay, okay. Nate, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Have you guys seen Made in America, the uh, Bloods and Crips documentary? No, no. Um, there's quite a lot of gene culture. The, oh, yeah. Cr- the crazy stuff to do their genes. It's, it's considered, the more crisp your genes are, um, it's like considered a hardcore status. Status, have, yeah, for If sure. you have genes that can stand up on their own. <laughs> what? Like, that's the yeah. thing they'll do. They'll get yeah, their genes bro. so crisp. In modern day. Modern day. Yeah. Jeans that are so yeah. stiff and crisp, they'll stand up like on their own. Like starched? Yeah, they'll just stand up on their own. You could just stand up your jeans. In the beginning, <laughs> jeans walked <laughs> out of the water. Well, I suppose that's uh, combining evolution in the Bible. But yeah. yeah. And, and like some sort of riddle of the Sphinx sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stands on its own two feet in the so, morning. So what's our cure for boldness, okay. Andy? Yeah. So my cure for boldness, uh, well, they're not actually there yet, but they're getting closer. A joint UK and US team was able to create new hairs from tissue samples. Uh, more research is needed, but they said this technique had the potential to transform the treatment of hair loss. Um, there are baldness therapies, including drugs to slow the loss of hairs, and there's transplants, which doesn't really, that shouldn't really count as a, it's just like a putting Are they, are they looking down. any better? The transplants Trans- now? I think they... I know some people that have had them, and I didn't know they had them until they told me. Yeah, like now... They used they, to be awful. They used to yeah, be- it's getting better, definitely. Just ant legs kind of sticking <laughs> out of your head. Yeah. Uh, but no, those are... That's that's a thing that does work, but it's not really regrowing hair or anything. Um, but this new uh, study... Let's see. Okay, whenever human tissue uh, was taken from the dermal papillae, the cells which form the base of each hair follicle... Um, the cells would transform into skin instead of growing new hairs. Um, however, the group found that by clumping the cells together in 3D spheroids, they would keep their hair identity. 
Um, so tissue was taken. Tissue was taken from seven people and grown in 3D spheroids, whatever those are, and uh, they were transplanted into human skin, which had been grafted onto the backs of mice. And after six weeks, new hair follicles formed in five out of the seven cases, and some new tiny hairs began to form. Hmm. So this is a University of Durham in the UK and Columbia University Medical Center in the US, which is not named for any recording uh, mogul. <laughs> the word some in there makes me feel like this whole article is entirely unnecessary. <laughs> some hair was grown some hair, on right. the backs so, of mice. But I think it's the fact Are that Are we any... sure that it's human hair or is a mice just fighting <laughs> back from this slab of human flesh that's been stitched to its spine and it still happens well, and then to you be just able take the mouse and you just hair. tape it to the top of your head yeah we're gonna, voila. we're gonna cure balding by attaching mice to the top of our head <laughs> now what's this cured what's a spheroid exactly uh the, the article doesn't like go into a dish, lot of with detail about that sure, it just sure. says that um i'm sorry did i say that like i knew what i was talking about <laughs> no no yeah so uh let's see whenever uh, it's your 3D petri dish. 3D it's got like, uh, you know, it's, they circulate uh, yeah. you know, evaporated uh, chemicals, kind of stimulate growth. Yeah, and, uh, it's like a little more ball shape. You put two of them together, a spheroid. It's, I think a spheroid might just be a sort of spherical shape. So maybe uh, just the fact that they could take these cells from the base of the hair follicle, and normally right. if you took those away... My lab is burning on fire. I think I got spheroids. <laughs> <laughs> You know what you need is a good uh, good master cleanse. That'll fix that up. Oh, jeez. Colonic. Um, so I think it's the fact that maybe that if you had removed cells from the base of a hair follicle in the past, uh, they would just turn into skin cells instead of growing new hair. But now, just depending on the shape that you, re- you arrange them, I guess is what this 3D sphero would be, that would let them keep their hair identity. Um, I still don't quite get how that would be any more efficient than just doing like, it seems like a very one-at-a-time process. Of transplant. Right. Uh, but yeah, so they said that this is not a cure, but it's like the first step towards one because new hair did actually grow. And there's still some ways away because also what you want cosmetically might not be this. Like when you're looking for regrowth of hair, you want it to be the same shape, size, and length as before and the same angle. And they said, quote, some of these are almost engineering solutions. I was going bald, but now I have one three-inch hair growing out of the top of my head. Why? Like a diameter of three inches. It's just a horn that you have to cut every two months. It just goes in all directions from the center. Yeah. Just shave it down with a, like a wood plate. Yeah, <laughs> Hellboy. Yeah. Who doesn't want some hair horns? Yeah. It's like it's just like a single pubic uh, patch. Just Isn't that what point. horns are? Like a rhin- rhinoceros horn is just a tuft of hair. It is made of the same stuff. Oh yeah. But then so are nails. Nails and hair nails are made of hair. keratin. Oh. So now my that question. explains why they're both so delicious. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. Have you ever set fire to either? <laughs> like you know, like burnt hair and burnt fingernails smell equally when terrible. When have you accidentally set your fingernails on fire? <laughs> there was no accidentally uh, about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Matt's voodoo days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember his his Remember crazy, when I was a witch doctor. <laughs> yeah. His crazy voodoo days when he was seventeen. Your witch doctor phase was weird. I I, I wish I knew you then. <laughs> What's, how's the saying? Oh, boil, boil, toil, and trouble. Well, here's my question about yes. that is how, do, okay, so you take, when they took cells from hair follicles. The base of hair follicles. From the base of hair follicles. 
they would just regenerate into skin cells. If they didn't arrange them into 3D spheroids. Right. So now and if you get it wrong, you end up with a fingernail. <laughs> yeah, they're just arranging it as I get. Okay, let me just look up the word spheroid to make sure that this these is. hair follicle cells into hair follicles. But it said it was some hair did grow. So is it are the skins what would have just reproduced themselves as skin cells? Did they reproduce themselves as hair exactly. cells that's what happened or on the backs of mollicles because a hair follicle seems like i mean that's a that is a construction like that's a right okay that's a that's, mechanism i'm sorry you're right so the, the the literal wording again i'm not claiming expertise i'm just reading the article on bbc um tissue was taken from seven people uh that was the, taken from the base of hair follicles and grown into 3d spheroids which i just looked up yes it does just mean a spherical ish shape um and then those were transplanted into human skin which had been grafted onto the backs of mice after six weeks new hair hair follicles formed so i guess like those spheroids of those cells uh assigned themselves to that role of of becoming collectively a hair follicle oh that's interesting so that's pretty interesting yeah so maybe Maybe i mean they are onto something that's the article is saying they definitely think it will be treatable eventually Absolutely, is the wording from Professor Colin. It, it also it also says that it might be useful for new, improved skin graft techniques for uh, burn victims. Yeah, like, but hair, but looking pretty. <laughs> yeah, for, for a guy who might otherwise have a small ball patch. <laughs> um, okay, what well, do you guys think? Once baldness becomes totally curable, let's just say that this is a, a procedure that's very affordable. Anybody now has the choice. Is it going to become like Dr. equivalent Seuss? of like stained teeth as opposed to right, right? But will it become? Oh, I guess that's a good point. But that's still pretty expensive. Curable. I wonder if it'll become uh, saying like, that it's saying that baldness is cure. I have no problem with saying that you can cure baldness, but that does put it in the category of things that need to be cured. Okay, whatever. You can have hair if you choose to. I'm not. That's not your. Language. I'm giving a hypothetical. Right, 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 right. Just let's say that we live in a world everyone can have full head of hair if they choose to at a reasonable cost. Do we get to the point of like Dr. Seuss, the Sneeches? Where now that everyone can do that, it might become hip to let your bald spot grow in because it's a choice. Like, definitely, yeah. There'll be a course, time when that'll definitely. be trendy. I think every fashion will have, is, you know, is sort of an inevitability with the more time that goes by. Um, like there has been kind of a, a fashionable hipster, uh, um, oh yeah, beer belly. Yeah, among like Williamsburg types, like for twenty-something men, I feel like yeah. in the last ten years, like having a having a gut. Not, you can't deny it was sort of like a trendy, yeah. stupid hipster. Yeah, well, thing. having a gut and then like, you know, all the beards and mustaches. It's, right. it's, um, you know, we're trying to be, our generation's very actively trying to be just what we wish our parents were. <laughs> Fat? No, just, just you know, like, you, I mean, I think most of the Williamsburg hipster dudes you're talking about are just trying to be like their idea of cool dad. <laughs> you know? Interesting. So or then ironically will, uncool dad right right exactly that's more what it is so, so baldness you do think could become a fashionable thing <laughs> yeah once dude, it's a choice. i think i think pubes are gonna come back i think it's all oh, it's, they're back <laughs> they're back in a big way jesse <laughs> <laughs> as andy just rips off his jeans <laughs> right. i've gathered you gentlemen here today this is more of what you can expect from our live video stream so it's almost getting it's almost getting too uh, too busy down there to light my candles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, talk about a Kessler problem. Look at these puppies. Um, uh, space junk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like uh, 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I, yeah, it's like the the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. I think every uh, baldness, non-baldness, it's all going to, a few times. We got a few runs at all this. Yeah. So I look forward to tunics coming back. Yeah. <laughs> full disclosure, we all, everybody in, in this discussion has full heads of hair. Well, I don't know. My mind's going pretty quick. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting some recession, but I think I'm beating all you, you guys. Got a, in the you just got a healthy widow's peak. That's not what a widow's peak is. A widow's peak is like the Eddie Munster thing in front. It's just receding here around. <laughs> I don't know, man. It looks pretty good. <laughs> You're very kind. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be the first one to sign up for this. If there's a way to do it, like I would never do the plugs because like something about going under the knife for vanity's sake seems like it crosses a line. But if there's a pill, I'd take the pill. There already is a pill. But it doesn't really work. Your pill's got to... You can't arrange biospheres with pills. And it gives you nightmares as well, apparently, sometimes. Which one? What does? Carmen, one of the pills is known for giving you nightmares. Really? Yeah. shit. I think the one that works only works on bald spots, not on receding hair, is what I read also. I'm trying to picture this, Andy. You would look great as a bald guy. What? But but not... a giant head. No, not fully shaved head. I'm just talking about just with... You still have it on the sides. (laughs) Let it grow like as long as possible. The Matthew Wiener? Oh, no. Yeah, and then just shave... You know, just shave, just shave out your bald spot. Go ahead and get it going. Go side ponytail. Go like. I think you can pull off a comb over pretty well. Over. Oh man, my buddy Sean, hilarious comedian, uh, a buddy of mine, Sean Flannery in Chicago. He rocked a comb over for over a year, and it was like he let it grow out, Intens- like intentionally. He wasn't trying to fool. He, well, he tried. To, what he was, he he wasn't. Like he wasn't actively like anti hipster. He just wanted to go over the top. Yeah. Like he wanted to go over all their heads. Like he's a he's a father of three. He's like just one of the smartest guys I know. And he just was like, I'll see I'll see your ir- irony, and I will raise you Amazing. a fucking healthy comb over. It was so beautiful. Did you ever see him in like a strong gust of wind when it just? Oh yeah. Oh, it would. He would get drunk and it would go. Ernie McCracken. Oh, that's my favorite look. Yeah. I used to work with a guy who wore a toupee. I can't believe I didn't see it. Like for the first year at this company, I didn't notice it. Then once I saw it, once it like you couldn't see it was like a magic else, eye yeah. painting. Like once I saw the dolphin, it's all I could see. And then like I, I couldn't even talk to him. Like we'd be in meetings, I'd just be mesmerized. And scary. I'm like, how do you have the balls to like? So one day you were bald. The next day you showed up at work. Like, what? What? Like, just full head of hair. Just, yeah. How does everyone else who works with you deal yeah. with that day when you come in with the but that? Coincided yes. with when he moved town and families. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He has to like yeah. start a new family. You have life. to start a new life. Witness right. protection. Right. this <laughs> protection so, program. From now on, you're James MacGyver. But yeah. see, that's what I mean. Like that's like that's the kind of thing. Like when when considering whether or not baldness is would would could become a trend or in you know in that situation where it's been cured or whatever uh we would need to hear from somebody who is like full-blown like telly (laughs) savalas like yeah chrome dome bald before we could really honestly say that it's been cured address that or just to say that it would you know it's for somebody to be like now trust me i know what it's like this is never coming back in style you know what i mean you're saying that until one of those guys... I would just, we just have to consult with We're, we're all speaking from a position of hairy privilege. Yes, yes, we are speaking from hairy privilege. I think, I, I think what Andy's saying is once it's optional, will people just choose to shave their heads? Let's say we get yeah. it completely out of our genetics. By the way, hairy privilege is uh, the name of the Kardashian family expose. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hairy privilege. Yeah. Um, if you... Let's say we, we completely just get it out of our DNA, you know... Um, Everyone has a full head of hair, no matter what. 
And then I think, you know, it would just be considered a way of styling it, shaving oh, it all oh, off. Yeah. Throwbacks? Yeah, yeah there would be well, throwbacks. I'm not even this. saying shaving it off. I'm saying, like, intentionally not taking the pills, letting yourself go, go bald in whatever weird way you're going to Yeah, go that's bald. what I'm talking no, about. No, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know what you're saying, but, but you were saying that Chrome Dome is never coming back. And I was absolutely. But yeah. People but, voluntarily do Chrome Dome all the time. Well, no, yeah. no, no. But I mean, but not just for, I mean, but for people who, uh, who have no other option is what I was saying. So yeah. yes, I was addressing Andy's like, uh, you know, like, uh, but, but there are definitely people who are, who will not do that process. I mean, like right now, if you think about the things that people, that a large number of people right. do cosmetically that many people choose not to, that's true. Like various hair removal or, or wearing makeup or, yeah. Or, Dressing in small, like non baggy clothes, or what you know, they're not farting into tissues, <laughs> right? Yeah, like the things we I choose. feel like a, a proper woman would fart into a <laughs> tissue, <laughs> throw it away, <laughs> <laughs> throw that demon away, yeah. <laughs> pretend it never happened. Yeah. I just wish that was like a Victorian thing people did, you <laughs> like know? They've got like something just next to them, like the guff box. <laughs> they just... One for the guff box. You're more, you're more proper for it having left your body, but at least clean up after yeah. yourself. It's if the you, right thing to do. If you've learned nothing else from today's episode, yes, yeah. it's, it's a real lady farts into yeah, a tissue. A real lady farts into a tissue. Clean up after your demons. <laughs> clean up after your demons. Well, that seems an appropriate place to leave things. I don't yeah. think we're going to get any more sites done no. today. No. <laughs> Nate, um, do you have any shows coming up in the next week or two? Uh, I'm at the Comedy Central stage tomorrow night at 8 p.m. It's Tuesday, the 22nd. Uh, so that'll probably be four days after you drop this. We're going to put it up tonight. It oh, should nice. be up late yeah. tonight. Um, yeah, I'll be, I don't know. I'm doing uh, Josh and Josh show, I think, November 8th at Bar Lubitsch in Hollywood. Great show. I and I'm at the uh, Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee the weekend before Thanksgiving. Oh, go see nice. Nate in Milwaukee. And find, uh, follow him your Twitter, just at Nate Craig, right? At Nate Craig 1. Uh, I'm, I'm working on it. I got it. It's, it's in the pipe, dude. I got Nate Craig. I got Nate Craig coming. We just had Karen Gillan from Doctor Who on last week, who's pretty big. She's got like 300,000 Twitter followers, and she only could get Karen Gillan too on Twitter. The person who has Karen Gillan has only tweeted like twice, and right. one of the times was to say, hey, this is my first tweet. <laughs> that was yeah. three years ago. Like, yeah, and then it, was like, her. then it was like, going to get donuts. Was like, <laughs> right. Three years later. <laughs> She's uh, never been seen since. Right. <laughs> right. But, Karen's, Karen's people had a finished. Yeah. 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 I will plug my website, natecraig.com. And Nate, get, get his album Craig as well. You, you recently put out a comedy album. It was great. Oh, oh yeah, Nate Craig Infinity. Yeah. So, so Thank listen to that awesome. if you're a fan of uh, very good stand-up comedy. We'll, get that. We'll put a link to that on our on our Tumblr. Put a link to this. it, and if and if you uh, if you're uh, if you can't pop for a, a comedy album, um, email me Nate at natecraig.com and I'll send you a copy. That's very Whoa. cool. That's very very cool. Yeah. Uh, and you can, can they find it on things like Spotify and Pandora Spotify, as well? Pandora. Yeah, I got a Pandora. Do Pandora because Pandora pays you and Spotify doesn't. Uh, they both pay. Oh. You. They both pay you, but I've looked at my breakdown from my album, and I think I've got about. 30 cents from Spotify over three years. Really? They're ridiculous. Um, well, Spotify users just hate you. I think that's the... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, no whereas Pandora is actually half decent. Like, I got... At the peep, the artists Tens get actual money off of them. Um, but yeah, find him on there. And as always, uh, any questions, comments, clarifications, probablyscience at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Tweet us at probablyscience. Please subscribe if, you're not, if you haven't already subscribed. If this is your first time listening to the show... Click on the little subscribe button and download future ones and and spread the word. Mm-hmm. Comment on iTunes. Give us nice ratings. Let your friends know. Be kind to each other. Be good to one another, yeah. yes. Be excellent. You only get one, one trip around this crazy thing. 
we called the no you get many trips around the sun I guess but then one tri- you only live hey. YOLO guys <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't a dress rehearsal man yeah. rock all, and roll ain't noise pollution man we only got one biosphere <laughs> okay let's all turn it into a nice healthy that's Sam Elliott for probably science you guys <laughs> we've only got one <laughs> Coors the banquet beer see you next week see you next week